So we're talking about hope this morning, but whenever we read about hope in the Bible, there's always some waiting that's going on. So we're going to have a look in the book of Romans. I'm going to give you a chance to find it. Phoebe's, I think, has already got it. So we're going to be in Romans. I'm going to be in Romans chapter 8, one of my favorite books in the Bible. Now, I'm going to read from the message translation, so it might be a bit different to what's in yours. Okay, but it gives us a really good way of looking at this. So this, these verses, we're reading from, this is chapter 8 in Romans, and I'm reading from verse 18 down to verse 25. So, and this, Paul writes this letter to some people in Rome who he calls the Romans. So he says, that's why I don't think there's any comparison between the present hard times and the coming good times. The created world itself can hardly wait for what's coming next. Everything in creation is being more or less held back. God reigns it in uh, until both creation and all the creatures are ready and can be released at the same moment into the glorious times ahead. That sounds good. Meanwhile, the joyful anticipation deepens. All around us, we observe a pregnant creation. The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pangs. Clearly written by a man, simply birth pangs. I believe Dan told a story a few weeks ago, those of you here on a Wednesday night, about when I was giving birth to Phoebe and the midwife's dinner went across the office because I got a bit loud. Yeah, simply birth pangs. Okay, Paul. But it's not only around us, it is within us. The Spirit of God is arousing us within. We're also feeling the birth pangs. These sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance. That's why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. We, of course, don't see what is enlarging us, but the longer we wait, the larger we become and the more joyful our expectancy. So in the message there, the word hope that you might find in the NIV translation, it translates as joyful anticipation. We find that. If you can, can you find verse 21, Phoebes, in that one? Verse 21 talks about joyful anticipation or hope. Okay, we're going to use the same interchangingly. Okay, so God says that we can be joyful, full of joy as we are anticipating. Anticipating, it's a big word, isn't it, kids? Big word just means waiting for something good. Okay, and we read in that passage about a woman who's pregnant, and she's going to have a baby. Good tie in to Christmas there. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And what happens to women when they get pregnant? They get bigger. Okay, not necessarily always happy and joyful. We trust God for that bit, but they get bigger as they're waiting. We don't get diminished. We don't get made smaller. So, like you're waiting for your Christmas or your birthday presents, and we're waiting now to celebrate Jesus being born. The candle's gone out. Oh, sorry. Okay. But we're waiting. It's still, it's still the Sunday of hope. Okay, we're waiting for something good. And if God is keeping us waiting, if we have to wait, there is something good coming and it is worth waiting for. 
So we talked about we're counting down to Christmas. We know how many days it is. When we have to wait for something like a birthday or Christmas or a holiday, school holidays, it's not so bad when you can count down the days, is it? You maybe have an app on your phone or you just keep it in your mind. But sometimes we have to wait for things and we don't know when they're going to happen. Often if God speaks to us and he promises us something or we ask God to do something that we know it's good and it's right and it's, God wants to give it to us, it doesn't come with a time scale, does it? God doesn't say, I'm going to give you, this is a bit of a grown-up one, I'm going to give you that house, maybe you want that house, and you're going to get it in 273 days. I mean, that would be great. I'd have loved that earlier this year, but we don't get a time scale sometimes. We just have to wait. It doesn't always come with a date. And so when we have to wait and we don't know how long it's going to be, that can be a lot harder, can't it? That can be much tougher. We don't know how long this is going to take. We're waiting for a good thing. We know it's a good thing because it's coming from God, but we don't know how long it's going to take. So grown-ups, adults, I'd like you to help me a bit now. Um, and I might need a runner with a microphone because I'm not very good at hearing. Thank you. Um... What are things that you have had to wait on God for? Mm. What are things that you've had to wait for from God? Maybe things he's promised you. Thank you. A baby. A baby. Yes, amen. There are testimonies in this church of people who have had to wait for their babies. Thank you, Jessica. Um, Okay, uh, Barry's waving at the back. Oh, okay, over here. A job. A job, yes. Some of us have had to wait for jobs. The right jobs in the right places. Healing. Healing, yeah. We've had to wait for healing. I think Ali's hand was here. Yeah, Yeah. Mine was healing too. More healing. Some of us still might be waiting for those things, yeah? Oh, here we go. Still waiting for a new house. Still waiting for a new house. We're still praying, believing, upholding you. We're in it with you. We are waiting for that new house with you. We don't get timescales on those things. We have to wait anymore. No, I think that was it. Thank you. Okay, so these are good things, aren't they? Babies are good. Houses are good. Healing is great. Jobs are good. They are good things. And sometimes we have to wait a really long time, and that can be really hard. And sometimes it can make us really sad, and it can make it really difficult. Sometimes we don't feel God is very close. And did he really say that? And sometimes we can get disappointed And sometimes we can see other people enjoying the things that we have, and that can hurt. That can be really, really hard. So I want us to read a passage in the Bible now, a little bit about this, and it's one of my favorite scriptures. So this is in Lamentations 3. Um, And it's also a song. I didn't know this was a song until I found it one day. Really sorry, should have put the marker in. Lamentations chapter 3. So do you know what a lament is? It's a song. Is it a happy song? No. A lament is a sad song. Must be a small book because I can't find it. There we go. Lamentations chapter 3. And I'm reading in the ESV. We're all in. So I have brought all my Bibles today. We're in multiple translations. Okay. Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 10 down to 24. Okay, this guy is not happy. He is a bear lying in wait for me, a lion in hiding. He turned aside my steps and tore me to pieces. 
He has made me desolate. He bent his bow and set me as a target for his arrow. He drove into my kidneys the arrows of his quiver. I have become the laughingstock of all peoples, the object of their taunts all day long. He has filled me with bitterness. He has sated me with wormwood. He has made my teeth grind on gravel and made me cower in ashes. My soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. So I say my endurance has perished. So has my hope from the Lord. Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. He is having a rough time. Life is not good. But wait. But this I call to mind. And therefore, I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. I get so excited when there is a therefore in the Bible because it tells me because of something else, something else is going to happen. Because of this, God is going to do this. These times when we're feeling sad and we're waiting and we're disappointed. We've talked about the enemy in the last few weeks, haven't we? Sometimes we call him the devil or Satan. And sometimes he uses these times, he thinks, I can find a way in here. I can distract this person away from Jesus. So this is where we need to be careful. We don't need to be frightened, but we need to be careful and aware. He might try and tell us lies. Did God really say that? That's the first lie that he put in Eve's ear, wasn't it? Did God really say you couldn't eat from that tree? Okay, he might say God's not big enough to do that thing. He might say... Uh, yeah, you've not been a very good person and you've done too many bad things and God's really angry with you and he doesn't want to give you any good things. Those are the lies that the devil can use. None of those things are true because the good things that God gives us are not based on the good things that we've done. They are based on just his huge love. So if he's promised you something, you can absolutely guarantee he is going to give you that good thing. You can trust his promises. He is faithful to deliver. God knows that waiting is hard and he knows how we feel and he knows what the devil will try to do. And so he helps us while we are waiting. So we're going to go back to Romans chapter 8 again. And it's about two-thirds of the way through, Phoebes. I haven't got verse numbers you'll find it. So this is why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. Diminish just means getting smaller, okay? We are enlarged in the waiting. So we talked about the pregnant lady, didn't we? Get bigger. We are enlarged as we are waiting, okay? Like a pregnant woman does. Now the culture of this time, the world tells us that waiting is bad, Okay, if we want something good, we should just get it. Okay, we deserve to have good things as soon as we think we want them. Okay, just don't wait, treat yourself, get it. Get more stuff and as soon as you can, because that is the way to happiness. We've got the whole world around us, so let's just choose whatever we want and let's just have it. Now, when I was younger, there was something that was very important at Christmas time, and some of my 
peers, people my age, will remember this, okay? So when you wanted to write your list to Father Christmas, okay, we didn't have the Amazon, and there were adverts on television, but I was brought up on the BBC, so there weren't toy adverts on the television. So there was one place that we used to go to get the things that we wanted for Christmas. Can anybody, I think I've heard the whisper down here, remember, what would be the one thing that would help you write your Christmas list? The Argos catalogue. Okay, so Argos is still a shop. It's in Sainsbury's now, isn't it? And it used to be a shop, and you go to Argos, okay, and you would have to go to your parents to buy a head trimmer or a lawnmower or something boring, okay? And you couldn't look it up on the internet first, so you'd have to stand. But in Argos, kids, honestly, you don't know you've lived until you've been to a proper Argos, okay? Because the catalogue, that's a book with pictures in that we used to choose things from for shopping, okay? And this book, this is the best bit, was laminated, okay? And if you're a Bill Bailey fan, it is to catch the tears of joy, okay? Because, and you would, your parents would be in the front of the Argos catalogue. Mmm, hedge trimmer, yes, Gillian, that looks good. Mmm, what about this kettle over here, Andrew? Yes, I like that. Those are my parents. Um, very exciting. Where's with the toys? At the back. So you'd flick, 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 all the way to the back. And you'd find all the toys in plastic that you could ever want. And that would be what you would use to write your Christmas list. Sometimes, if you couldn't write, you cut out the pictures you know, and stick them on, a bit of glue, and that's how we would construct our kit catalogue. It's how, it, our Christmas list, okay, that's how we knew what we wanted, because it was there in the Argos catalogue. So God has only got good things for us, like in the Argos catalogue, there's only good things, okay, and he is trustworthy and faithful, and so we can be certain that he is true to his word. In fact, he is so good that while he's waiting, he gives us something. He enlarges us. He makes us stronger. He doesn't want us to get smaller. He doesn't want us to get distracted away from God. He, in fact, wants us to get bigger while we're waiting to be more like Jesus. So it's time for the interactive part of my talk. Okay, I'm going to have to move all this now. Okay, so these are some of the ways... I'm going to just about there, thank you. That God grows us while we're waiting. So I have pre-chosen a willing volunteer to help me. Okay. Uh, because we're being filmed, uh, I have gone for an adult. So can you please welcome Ethan McCabe to the platform? Okay. So Ethan is going to get larger. <laughs> I said to Dan yesterday, I think I need a box for one of the kids to stand on. And instead I chose Ethan because it was less health and safety risky. So we're going to, how does God grow us while we're waiting? So under my cloth. <laughs> so one of the ways that God grows us while we're waiting, we've got more time to read the Bible. We're going to have a greater understanding of the knowledge and the Word of God, because we're going to stick ourselves into the Word and really get to know it. So this is the biggest Bible I could find in the house, okay? We've got more time. It's my really smart one. It was a Christmas present. Um, more time to get into the Word, a greater knowledge and depth of understanding of the Word of God, because we're going to have to wait. So we're going to give ourselves to the Word while we're waiting. The next thing we're going to do 
that God gives us is he's going to give us a greater understanding of his presence. So I've brought some oil because that was the best thing I could think of for his presence. Okay, so we're just going to have a look in uh, Romans chapter 5, okay, about God's presence. And I think, yeah, around about verse 5, Phoebes, thanks. Um, It says, Paul says, there's more to come. We continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in with troubles. She's looking at me blankly. That's fine. Don't worry. But it says we're going to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in with troubles. The best thing, the best place to be when you're having to wait and it's tough is in the presence of God. Some of the most powerful times of God's presence are when you don't know what to do, but my eyes are fixed on you. We are in God's presence. So we've got greater understanding of the word, greater appreciation of his presence. What's next? Oh, this is great, this one. So we're going to spend more time with the Holy Spirit, okay? Because we've got time, we've got to wait. So the Holy Spirit is going to move deeper in our lives. We're going to have a greater, going to move deeper in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're going to know more of his presence. The best thing I could come up with was a fan because the word describes the Holy Spirit like a wind at times and I couldn't create a breeze any other way. There we go. So we've got a fan, is that all right? That's why I chose a slightly bigger person because they have slightly bigger arms. So we've got the Holy Spirit, the word of God, presence. This is great, this one. I'm so excited about this. So he's also going to give us perseverance and patience. Well, so we've got a flat cap because we're in Yorkshire, and that's the right thing to do. Flat caps make me think of farmers. Don't drop the oil, please. Make sure it's not tight. Greater perseverance in God's presence. So if we can now, in the NIV, Phoebe, go to Romans 5, verse 3. I need the other Bible. Romans chapter 5, verses 3 to 5. There goes my bookmark. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, Acts and Romans follow on. Not only so, but we also glory on our sufferings. Glory in our sufferings. There's Paul again. Simple birth pangs. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope. So when we're in our sufferings, God produces perseverance and patience. It makes me think of farmers, okay? They have to harvest, they have to plant, they have to prepare the soil, they have to be patient and wait for things to grow. But they also have to persevere. They can't say, well, I'm not bringing in the harvest today. I can't be bothered. They have to persevere. They have to dig in. You see them at night. Well, I don't see them at night. I watch Clarkson Farm. And they've got the headlights on the tractors and they're still, him and Caleb are still going up and down and up and down. They have to persevere. They have to be patient so they know it's the right time. So God will develop in us patience and perseverance. So we also read in that verse uh, about character. Perseverance produces character. So character is about becoming mature. Mature does not mean being old. You can be young in years and mature in character. You can also be older in years and not very mature, but we want to grow up like Christ. We want to become mature like Christ. So the most mature thing I could find in our house... What did you nearly drop? The oil, everything. Okay, is a tie, right? I did, it's a bit white middle class. I'm really sorry, but that's the house I live in. So a tie, because we grow up. 
Are you ever going to have to wear a tie in your job? Maybe for important meetings as an architect. With the, yeah. <laughs> in about 10 years. Character. Character is so important. And again, the devil, when we're waiting, he can make us bitter and grumpy and unhappy and resentful. But God's way is for us to develop, to mature. You all right? Yeah. Good. There's only one more thing, but you are going to need a hand. So you might just want to... Put the oil in the pot. Don't run away with that. I need that for tea. Um, one more thing, okay, that we need. So God, so back into that Romans verse. Perseverance breeds character. Character, hope. And that's what we're talking about this morning. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. We've already got the Holy Spirit. But we get hope. So, and hope at Christmas, we think about light. We think about Jesus, light of the world. So the greatest thing I could find in my house as a symbol of hope, okay, and of light in the darkness. Our hope is a weapon, okay, against the forces of darkness. So the greatest I could think was lightsaber. <laughs> Josiah and I had a very stressful five minutes trying to find this this morning because Dad had already packed it. But <laughs> a lightsaber. And of course, there is a film called A New Hope. So it all works brilliantly. Spare hand to fight the darkness. Awesome. It's more in the arm than the wrist. You'll have to show him. You'll have to show him later. But our hope, it, it keeps us strong, it keeps us safe, but it's also a weapon against that darkness. It is the light that shines in the darkness. So these are the things, let's summarise. So we get, while we're waiting, a greater knowledge of God's word, a greater understanding. Very good. A deeper awareness of his presence, a stronger relationship with the Holy Spirit and a greater moving in his gifts. God giving us patience and perseverance in our flat caps. Character, we grow up and mature, we become like Christ and we get hope, a light in the darkness. Do you want to pop those down? Thanks very much. Make sure the lightsaber doesn't disappear. So there was a, a line in that video that we watched, and I loved this. I loved this. It said, hope rises when we encounter the light that shatters the darkness. And that light is a person. If we read back in Genesis, verse 2, Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, what's the first thing that God creates in the world? Light. There's already darkness. There's already darkness. And it says that the spirit is hovering over the waters. And that makes me think of the spirit like a bird. When you see a, a bird of prey or an owl hovering, sometimes you, Dan always sees them on the motorway. We're driving like, there's a bird hovering. What's that do, bird doing? It's waiting. It's hovering. Probably for lunch. But it's waiting and it's hovering. So the first thing that God created while he was waiting was light. And then Jesus, many, many years and many, many pages later, Jesus came into the world because the darkness will never, ever overcome the light again. Jesus came into the world and he is our light for eternity. He is our hope. So my hope and my faith is in Jesus. He is the light of the world. Just one more verse, Phoebes, John 8, 12. Really famous well-known verse, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's behind you. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, 
I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So as we wait for Jesus to come to celebrate his birth again during Advent, as we get to Christmas, God has enlarging for us as we wait. And in other seasons of life, he wants to enlarge us, add all these things to us. We don't need to be diminished. He doesn't want to reduce us to make us less. He wants us to grow. And so we are to grow in our joy-filled anticipation of his coming into the world as we wait for his very real intervention into our lives this Christmas. Amen.